Welcome to ASHTA Resource Q&A. We're taking time to discuss construction materials testing and inspection with people in the know. From exploring testing problems and solutions to laboratory best practices and quality management, we're covering topics important to you. Now, here's our host, Brian Johnson. Welcome to Ashto Resource Q&A. Today, my guest is none other than producer and co-host Kimberly Swanson. Can I call you Kimberly? You can call me Kimberly. Yes, that's fine. All right. Well, Kim, Kimberly, what what we have you on, <laughs> we we have you here today to talk about one of your favorite topics in mm-hmm. all of work life, mm-hmm. and that is employee engagement. I'm very excited about employee engagement as everyone knows here at Astro Resource. Yeah, so why is employee engagement so important? With engaged employees, it's so it's so hard because it's, I feel like it's so obvious why it is. So to explain to people that may not have the same feelings, it can be ch- kind of challenging for me, but I'm gonna do my best here for everyone today. It's important to have em- engaged employees because engaged employees will do a couple things. They will represent your organization well. They will be happier at work if they're more engaged and happy employees will stay longer with the company and be more loyal to an organization. So you don't have necessarily the high turnover rate. So you don't have the costs of training it or any of the information that can slip through when you have that high turnover. So if you do it for employee retention, for employee happiness, and again, it's just the right thing to do to have engaged employees as much as you can, because they're going to offer more to your organization than just someone phoning it in. Yeah, I agree. That does seem really obvious. <laughs> and and I think that's because that's our culture here mm-hmm. at Ashto Resources. Mm-hmm. We fully embrace that concept of employee engagement. But I will say a lot of the laboratories in our program kind of struggle with this. You know, I hear from them and they say, well, we're having trouble keeping people, you know, we'll train somebody or certify somebody. And the next month they jump to another company for a couple dollars more or some, you know, something that that company feels is insignificant, but it is significant to that employee. What would you say to those kind of customers or listeners? That can be a challenge. And honestly, employee engagement is not necessarily easy. I think it's important, and I think we have a culture here of that at Ashta Resource, but it's not easy. It takes time, and everyone struggles with it at some point, and especially during a time like the last, you know, the 2020, right, you know, the COVID pandemic, that kind of shed some light for some people and some employees and some organizations about what's really important to them. So again, sometimes you're going to get people to jump ship and they're going to leave no matter what you do. However, if you can really get people in your staff engaged, they will feel that they're working towards more than just an organization, but towards a family. You know what I mean? Like you want to stay with that. And there's, again, the loyalty there is going to be there more with engaged employees versus people that are just kind of like doing a job day in and day out and don't really have the connection with the larger organization. Yeah, now it does take time, right? It takes time, it takes dedication. And a lot of times the laboratory management is really stretched thin on all of their obligations. Are there some things that maybe don't take as much time that could be a good reference or or jumping off point for starting off uh, 
adding more employee engagement to the work day or work week or work month? I would say a really good place to start is getting a feedback from your employees. I think that's a really great place to start for any employee engagement, because when employees feel heard and listened to, that is going to open up the doors for them to feel more engaged and for you to do other things in the engagement realm. So I would say getting feedback, whether it be anonymous or not, I will say you probably get more honest feedback if it's anonymous, but be prepared for it to be not great. Like if this is the first time you're asking your staff questions anonymously about how they feel about working with the organization and things like that, you may get some really negative feedback, but then you can move forward with that. And so I think that's just a first step in doing it. So don't let that scare you. But I would say the very first thing, and that's not that time consuming, is having an anonymous survey or not anonymous survey about how staff feels about working there. And there's some questions and you can Google those of what questions you can ask and things like that. I think that's a good first step. Yeah. One of the challenges I think people have when they go to uh, start soliciting feedback when they never have before is trust in getting, you know, if I'm an employee, what's, what's in it for me? Why should I take time giving my employer or my manager feedback when this employer or manager has never expressed interest in my opinion before. Is this just something that's on their performance review or is something from corporate that they've handed down that they have to do and they're not really going to do anything? How do I how do I get my staff to understand that I mean it when I ask for their feedback? That's tricky because you have to make sure that you're asking it for the right reasons. Just like you said, that it's not just management saying, oh, this is something we should do, but that you really do care about your employees. So building that trust and being authentic about your reasons why you're asking for feedback and communicating that very clearly, I think will be helpful. Also communicating what you plan to do with the feedback and then actually do that, right? So it is one of those things that you can, if you ask for feedback and then do nothing with that information, oh, that's worse than asking. Like, so don't ask and not do anything. You have to follow through because if you don't, your employees are not going to trust you anymore. You have to follow through. Like, I don't even know how else to say that, but you really have to follow through with any feedback that you get and just follow up on that with your employees. Okay. So now for the skeptics on there that are listening to this, you may be thinking, well, I can't really do that. I'm not authorized. If, what, if some employee makes some ridiculous request and I don't follow through on it, now they're not going to trust me. And then it's kind of all a waste. What, what do I do about that? So you don't have to do everything, everything that people suggest. However, you have to state that you've read those, your feedback, we received the feedback. Thank you for your honest feedback. And here are the reasons why we can't do X, Y, and Z, or this is how we're following up or things like that. So I think you definitely need to follow through on if you can't do something, because we happen, this happens at resource all the time, but you have to follow through on why you can't do something or even if you can't get it because it's a little tricky and there's gray areas of how much you can share with that employee of just saying thank you for that and it's under consideration or at this time that's not a good fit because of a b and c or something like that so you do definitely need to follow up with it in some way even if you don't actually do what was suggested you can say thank you for the suggestion here's why we can't do that Thank you for the suggestion, but this is a big piece of information you didn't know about. And so now with that information, it just doesn't fit in. Again, you have to clearly communicate and be transparent about that because that's what your employees really do want. 
Now I got another one for you. What if you get feedback? Let's say that there's some conflict going on in, in the office or the, the laboratory between two people. And one says, well, we can resolve it by, by doing things my way all the time. And the other one says, well, we can resolve them by doing things my way the whole time. And they both submit feedback. So you've got these two conflicting requests coming from your staff and you can't do them both because they are completely opposed to the other. How do you, how do you deal with that? I think that is something that we've definitely actually had happen here at Resource, where it definitely has one way of doing something, and that's a good that's a suggestion, and that's a valid way of doing it. And there's another way of doing it, which is also a valid suggestion. So I think you have to take a look at see which one of those actually aligns. Or maybe it's a combination, or maybe this is just a starting off point where you can get people in on it together to make that decision or to brainstorm and just use that as a jumping off point if you don't have a clear vision. Or if you do have a clear and it's like person A, is that's the way we're gonna go, then explain to person B why that is not going to work, why you chose to go with the one that you chose to go with, and not that that person's just always right and you're doing it for that way. So I think, especially with anonymous surveys, you don't necessarily know who's saying what. So we do an anonymous survey twice a month, and then we have a meeting about it with all of our employees, and then I send a recap to that for, to all of staff. And we try to be very transparent on what we're doing, but I don't know who says what, so I just have to share with everybody the reasons, the rationale for the decisions that management made based on those feedback. Yeah, anonymity has its uh, downfalls sometimes uh, because it's hard to have those follow-up conversations. Now, for the suggestion box, mm -hmm. uh, physical suggestion box kind of situations, how do you get engagement with somebody who just submits a, a sheet of paper that says something? How do you open them up to having future conversations to really delve into what the root cause of their problem is or suggestion is if it's unclear? That is definitely can be challenging. I would say the more that you are transparent about the types of suggestions that you're getting so that everybody kind of knows if you share all of the suggestions um, that you get with all of staff and the action take that you take on those with all of staff that builds trust and the more trust that you have then perhaps next time that person won't do an anonymous suggestion but will just tell their manager hey i have this idea and we have definitely found that to be the case uh, when we first started doing anonymous surveys in 2014, I think is when we first started, we had a lot of suggestions in our virtual suggestion, suggestion box. And that was, a, we had it for the first two years, we had a lot, and then it started dying down. And I was like, oh no, are we, why are we not getting that engagement? But it turned out that people were just not using the anonymous factor. They just brought up their idea in meetings or they brought up their idea to their manager directly because they felt it was a safe place for them to do that. And they didn't need to hide behind the anonymous suggestion box that they could go in and do it. So it's about laying that foundation of trust. Is there a good way for management in this situation to tell their employees what changes were made or what improvements or how these things were addressed? Uh, especially now we've got, when I think about laboratories, you've got a lot of people that are they're out on projects, then they, they don't really come into the office too much other than to pick up, drop off equipment, see what the schedule is, uh, drop off samples. Uh, you have some people in the labs, but a lot of people are kind of spread out, mm -hmm. uh, especially with COVID restrictions. You may have people even more spread out than before. How do you communicate those, uh, those wins 
or victories or or even ones that didn't work out the way somebody might have hoped. Yeah, that can be challenging. And again, with our staff as well, because a lot of, well, during normal times, our staff, half of our staff is on the road performing assessments. And so it can be hard to get harder to keep those employees engaged and then communicate with them about those changes. So that's really going to be, I feel like, dependent on on your culture and how you generally communicate with your staff that's not necessarily in your office all the time. I know for things that we've done that we've had little wins and successes with based on the suggestions, we'll have a little sticker on something. It's like, this was brought to you by, and we use a, a so- software engagement tool called Tiny Pulse. And so it's like brought to you by a Tiny Pulse suggestion. And so we'll have that. Or in the bottom of an email, it's like announcing a big change. We'll communicate that this was based on feedback from employees through Tiny Pulse or something like that. Or on our intranet. And again, things that way that way are on Teams and you know things like that that we'll call out and call attention to that this was an action taken based on someone else's feed, someone's feedback or someone's suggestion. Now for things that don't happen because like just it wasn't the right time or things that actions that we're not taking or the action is not to take action, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, we can do that in like a staff meeting or again, I have monthly meetings about all of the suggestions that we get and all the feedback we get from, from our tiny pulse surveys. So that's when I'll be like, oh, we didn't do this or we are doing that kind of thing. Okay, so let's talk about Tiny Pulse for a minute. It, we we talked about the kind of starter set of a suggestion box, mm-hmm. and and the Tiny Pulse kind of gets us more into sort of like the best in class in employee engagement. What I would say, based on our experience with it. Uh, so Kim, tell people why they should consider that uh, for employee engagement and what the benefits are. So there's a bunch of different tools out there. We just happen to use Tiny Pulse as our enga- a survey, surveying and engagement kind of software. But it's really a good way to, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It helps automate things. Tiny Pulse has questions provided and it gives you kind of a benchmark for your industry as well, which is quite helpful. So it makes it easier to manage something that can be challenging to manage. But I will say it does take time to and you have to do stuff with it. Like, and again, this goes kind of goes back to you can ask all these questions and get feedback from people, but then you have to do something with that and actually take action. And that's not easy. And that's something that you have to be committed to from your management, you know, or from your department. You need that buy-in from the top before you can really make it part of your culture moving forward. Yeah, one of the things I really like about Tiny Pulse is it, it doesn't put the onus on management entirely to make this work. Uh, one thing that's been really helpful at our office is that we've got the this Cheers for Peers feature that's in this software, and it allows anyone on staff to say, hey, I really appreciated what my coworker did on this day and get really specific. It makes, it makes everybody feel good. It just, it creates a sense of community it makes that person feel good about what they did and feel appreciated. And it, it and like I said, it, it makes it so that it's not just on management mm-hmm. to make employee engagement work. Because if you don't have that engagement, the will for engagement coming from the bottom up also, you're not going to have success. Yeah, I think the cheers for peers through Tiny Pulse is really great. But any kind of 
employee recognition that you can do is great. And the peer-to-peer employee recognition is really important, as Brian was saying, because that's a great way to build those relationships and to have that sense of community and to just strengthen your overall company culture. But having the employee recognition kind of from the top down is also important too. But I think the the peer-to-peer employee recognition is really helpful. And again, one of the reasons why I really like using Tiny Pulse because they do have the cheers for peers feature. Um, and we actually have a Tiny Pulse meeting this afternoon for the recording. So this is a good. We do. Those are always good. And and one of the things that is great about it is that top management attends those meetings and it's not mandatory. Whoever wants to be there is there and People can talk about whatever they want. And mm-hmm. if they don't want to talk about it, that's fine too. Uh, but it's it's a, an opportunity for additional engagement. Yeah, I think that is definitely one of the points. And other ways to get engagement without, you know, outside of any feedback tools and peer-to-peer recognition. I mean, there's multiple different ways. And you really have to kind of know know what your company culture is now and know where you want it to be. So if it's not, if you identify what it is now and it's lacking, then identify where you want it to be and then make slow and steady changes towards that because it's it's not going to happen overnight. Changing your company culture can be really challenging and it takes a lot of time, but it's based on the experiences that your employees have. So you want to make those experiences as good as they, they can be. So again, happy employees are going to do better work for you and are going to give you more effort as opposed to just like phoning it in. So engaged employees tend to be happier and happier employees will stay with you longer and give better work. Yeah, that's really the main point here. <laughs> but so so what other ways can people engage with their staff outside of these kind of suggestion box, uh, feedback loop things that we've been talking about? There's so many different ways. <laughs> so it's um it can be challenging to identify what's gonna be the best way for engagement for your staff. And sometimes you're gonna try some things and it's gonna be a miss and it's not gonna work and that's gonna be okay. Um, and you're just gonna be like, okay, well, that's not a good way to do it. We didn't get good good results out of that. So it really does depend. Sometimes it's you know, simple as having like a staff lunch and just like sharing lunch with people or you know, in these virtual times, if, you're, if their staff isn't on site, sending them something to say thank you or something like that. So it can be, it can be big, it can be small, it can be simple, just, you know, peer-to-peer recognition saying like, good job, well well done um, about that. And again, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You, there's a lot of free ways. I would honestly just kind of Google employee engagement ideas and you'll get a lot of things. And again, some are going to not fit for you, but some may be really good tools for you to use just to make little changes and just treat your employees like people not like machines. And I think that's going to go a long way too. Yeah. It can be really as simple as, Hey, how's it going today? (laughs) Right. Like it can be something like, or, Hey, how was, how was that project? Did you see any, do you have any suggestions? Is there anything we can do to make it better? Like, is there like, I mean, you can, you can just have a conversation with people, get out of your office, uh, go talk to them or talk to them on the phone or whatever you need to do to get that and follow through on whatever suggestions you can follow through on. Just taking an interest in people. How are your kids? How was your weekend? Let them know you care. And it Mm -hmm. has to be authentic though. Like it can't be like, well, I've scheduled time from 1145 to 12 to sit with you. Let's have a conversation. 
So, yeah. <laughs> uh, question one, how was your day so far? Like, yeah. would you trust me if I did that with you? I would, I would not trust. That would be actually kind of creepy. So I don't recommend that. But you're right. It has to come from a place of authenticity. I think that is really important. So don't, just like you don't want your employees to phone it in, you can't phone this in. Like if you're going to take steps and try to increase engagement, you have to feel that. That has to be really from you because otherwise people are going to see through it right away. It's just one of those things. If it's not authentic, if you're not authentic, then it's going to do more damage than good, honestly. So basically treat your employees like human beings that have lives outside of work and they will respond correctly. <laughs> like They will respond accordingly. But if you treat employees like machines, then you're not going to get the best work out of them. Just that's it's just not going to happen. That's great. And, and if you're strictly a cost benefit analysis person, this is a very small amount of time and effort for a huge gain. So this is an easy win if you look at it just from that perspective. And again, there is the ROI on employee engagement, things like that. There is that research out there that can, if you need that specific information, I don't have it off the top of my head. So if you Google that, I'm sure there's something out there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were about to say we have something. I was like, no, oh, I didn't know that. No, I don't. I don't have anything like that right now for, for that. But it is very, it can be, it can be, again, as simple as just treating your employees like human beings. And then that's going to help go a long way. Then you can do the more advanced things, but you have to, again, follow through and be transparent about what you're doing and why you're doing it as, as much as possible. So again, it's all about authenticity and your employees will be able to see that and trust you more for that. Yeah. Thanks, Kim. Well, I think we covered this topic really well today. I appreciate your time today. Any call to action for our listeners so that once they get, once they stop listening to this, they're just going to jump right out there and Take some action. I, I would say the first step is to have some actual human interaction or virtual human interaction with your employees and just ask them and sincerely mean it of how are you doing? What's going on in your life? How are you doing? That's, I think, a good first simple step. Yeah. And if anybody wants any more specific details about how Kim is able to do this so well at our office, feel free to reach out to her at kswanson at ashtoresource.org. Or you can always email podcast at ashtoresource.org as well. That email inbox is just sitting there waiting for those emails to flood in. It is. I'm good at employee engagement, apparently not listener engagement, though. Yeah, that's a little harder. Not only is it anonymous, but I mean, like that's about as anonymous as it gets. We know what country you're in. That's it. Yeah, that's and, a little challenging. Well, I guess we know what what city and state or or, or country and well, now that means it's, that sounds like we're in like Big Brother. We, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, who we, I know your coordinates. <laughs> we don't. We don't know your coordinates. <laughs> no, we don't know that much about about who's listening. But we'd love to hear more about it and and what what you want to listen to, what what topics interest you, so we can continue to provide content that's meaningful. I didn't really think this was going to turn into a promotion for the podcast at the end here, but it kind of did. It did. But thank you for taking time to interview me. <laughs> Brian, this is weird. This is a weird episode for me. Yeah, it's. I'm sorry it was so weird for you. We did have a schedule engagement time today <laughs> to discuss this, though. So you I did. appreciate that you showed up on time, and uh, and your cat did also. So yes, that's always 
It's always welcome. Always welcome. Thanks for listening to Ashta Resource Q&A. If you'd like to be a guest or just submit a question, send us an email at podcast at ashtoresource.org or call Brian at 240-436-4820. For other news and related content, check out Ashto Resources' Twitter feed or go to ashtoresource.org. 